Can I just be really honest with you guys? It's been a rough week. It just has. Probably one of the most challenging seasons of my short 31 years of life. Through it all, I've been humbled this week like I've never been humbled in my entire life. But you know what the Lord says? He says that he gives grace to the humble and that he certainly has. My village has been incredible. My friends are like nothing else. I know I have it good. Megan, Alicia, Catherine, Lisa, Amanda, thank you for standing in the gap for me. You have shown me the love of the Father this week and many other weeks in my life, and I am just so thankful. My marriage small group, in the middle of their mess, their own stuff, they have loved on me and my family, and I'm just so honored that the Lord has brought us together for such a time as this. The enemy is not dumb, you guys. He's very intelligent. He will latch onto those wounded places in your heart like a leech and gain access to you in your most vulnerable of hurts. He attaches to our wounds and sucks life from us for as long as we let him have access. But you know what the Lord wants to do? He wants to bring healing. He wants to heal and restore and bring life to the very depths of our pain. When we allow the Holy Spirit to come in and redeem our mess, He brings not only hope, but new life. You guys, He brings deliverance. I think we forget that part a lot. There is redemption and freedom when the Lord removes those dying pieces of ourselves. And you know what happens? The enemy no longer gets access to us there. He no longer has any power over us. He can't come in and exploit what God has already redeemed. He becomes powerless. We are victorious children of the Most High God. I was reading in Isaiah chapter 43 this week. It just wrecked me, completely wrecked me. I want to read it for you. It says, Do not be afraid, for I have ransomed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. When you go through deep waters, I will be with you. When you go through rivers of difficulty, you will not drown. When you walk through the fire of oppression, you will not be burned up. The flames will not consume you. For I am the Lord your God, the Holy One of Israel, your Savior. And the Lord is ready to do something new in me and in you. I believe that with everything that is in me. This time of year, some of us may be the type of folks, you know, there's those type of folks who love to start thinking about goals and resolutions. But can I just tell you, God is ready to do something new in you, not only in 2018, but today. Verse 18 says, But forget all that. It is nothing compared to what I am going to do, for I am about to do something new. See, I have already begun. Do you not see it? I will make a path through the wilderness, and I will create rivers in the dry wasteland. Hi everyone, I'm Elise Marsh and you're listening to the Perfectly Wonderfully Made podcast. 
I believe the journey to becoming a parent allows each of us a glimpse into the heart of our Creator who so desperately, with everything in His being, wants us to know just how chosen, designed, called, and beautiful we all are. He sees you perfectly, wonderfully made. I am so excited to be with you guys today. We are 13 episodes in. I can't even believe it. It's kind of crazy. Last week was nuts, but I am so excited for you to hear this episode this week. I pray whatever you've got going on today that you are encouraged right in this moment, no matter what you are doing amongst the hustle and the bustle and the dishes and the laundry and the kids pulling on your clothing, be encouraged. You're not alone and we're here to support you. I can hardly believe we are into the second week of December. Only two more weeks and Christmas will be here. It just goes so fast and it always does every year every single year. And I usually most always feel behind. There are just so many fun options and things to do in December, events to take your kids to and parties to attend and Christmas traditions to remember. It's so, so easy to look at Pinterest and social media and Facebook and think, oh man, I've got to go do that event and I have to do that advent craft with my kids and take this picture for the world to see. I'm so easily overwhelmed before the day has even started. There's just so much out there this month to choose from. Maybe it's just me. I could be the only one. But I was sitting there thinking the other day, crap, crap. (laughs) I'm two weeks in and I'm so behind. What am I going to do? I don't want this season for my family to be about doing or doing more. Sure, there's a whole lot of fun we're going to have. But I don't want to be so focused on crossing things off my holiday bucket list. And I'm that person sometimes. I totally can be. I sat down with my husband and we talked about the events we wanted to say yes to and what we were going to say no to and how we were going to physically create white space for our family. We talked about how we wanted to spend our time and resources this season. We're starting small, and I'm sure our traditions will grow over the years. Our kids are little, but if nothing else, I want my kids to know just how much the God of the universe loves them. That he sent his son as a tiny baby to be born in a manger so that he might die, defeat death, and give us the gift of eternal life with him. Today, We have a little nativity scene in our kitchen and Monroe had rearranged it all and brought all of her friends to make a circle around the nativity. Everyone, Mary, Joseph, Minnie Mouse, her baby, Belle, were all in the circle surrounding the baby Jesus. And I heard her little voice talking and bringing gifts to the Savior while I'm sitting there just a few feet away doing the dishes. And I walked over to her. And I said, Monroe, what did Jesus save everyone from? And we embarked on this amazing conversation about our need for a savior, the sin that separates us from God and the gift of eternal life Jesus died for us to have. And you guys, we prayed right there in that very moment. And I'm just thanking God for it all, for these tiny little everyday moments that turn into life-changing monuments. 
And what do you know? A minute later, she was, Mom, can I have a snack? But oh, you guys, how I wouldn't trade it for the world. I pray that you can find hope and joy in your tiny moments with your little people this week. This week on the show, I chat with Much Snyder. Much is an incredibly talented photographer and one amazing wife and mama. She has two little boys and one baby in heaven. She's pregnant with her third little boy due in February, so coming up here pretty soon. Much started out as my internet, social media friend, and just this fall, we were able to connect in real life, and you guys, I just fell in love with this woman. We had so many mutual friends, and I remember just thinking, why in the world are we not friends? How have we not met? We have got to change this. I knew I wanted to hear her story after meeting her. There's plenty of us who have online friends out there, people who we follow on Facebook or Instagram that we think are so cool, but we have never reached out to. Maybe you have lots of these mutual friends online, And you might even think to yourself, like I did, how have I not met this person in real life before? Why are we not friends? Send that message and meet up in real life this week, you guys. I promise you won't regret it. Much shares with us her dream of adoption and starting an orphanage one day. We talk about what life looks like as a multicultural family, having two cesarean births, her miscarriage, and her childhood abuse. It's an intense and amazing and life-giving conversation. Much has a powerful story of the Lord's faithfulness in her life and how the Lord has brought her to this incredible place of trust and His goodness and how the Lord has healed those broken places in her. I am so excited for you to hear our chat today. Much. Thank yeah. you so much for coming. I'm You're super welcome. excited and I'm excited to get to know you more because you're awesome and I'm I'm glad we've we've become friends. I know me too. <laughs> it's been a long time coming, but Yeah. This is awesome. We have so many mutual friends too. We so do. It, we were bound to meet once. Once or twice. Yes, at least. Yeah. <laughs> Before so, we officially <laughs> became friends. That's right. That's right. Okay, so remind our listeners who are you? Who okay. what does your life look like? What does this season look like for you? What does your family look like? Sure. What do you guys love to do? Okay, so right now I am a stay-at-home mom that is also a photographer. (laughs) A very talented photographer. Oh, thank you, Elise. You're so sweet. I used to do marketing for an orthodontic office in downtown Puyallup. That's what I got my um, degree in from PLU. Um, And I did that for about five years, and then we had our oldest, who is six years old now. When he turned two, I asked my husband, John, if I could go full-time with photography because we had been doing it since a year after we got married. Okay, so how'd you get into photography? I started out in film in high school, and it was just Fine. like a, an elective class, mm-hmm. one of those fun classes that it's really hard to get into. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and so one 
one of the um, class sessions I was able to get into and I was hooked from then on. And I'm pretty sure I was attracted to just just the artistic side of the photography realm. Yeah. But never really got my hands on a camera until that class. And then my young life leaders, who are very dear and near to my heart, when my parents divorced in high school, I moved in with them. Oh, wow. And they got me a camera when I went to college. Oh, that's amazing. Okay, I didn't know you were involved in Young Life. That's so awesome. That is how I got to know the Lord. Actually, that's how my relationship with the Lord. Um, I've always gone to church with friends Mm because my family did not go to church. But that is how I got hooked and stayed in relationship with them or learned how to have a relationship. Just got to see how you can have a fun relationship with the Lord and not feel like you're being punished because we're sinners. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So that's how I'm like still a believer to this day because there, because there is a good God. There is. That's amazing. Did you go to camp as a high schooler? I did. I went to Breakaway a lot in Oregon and then I went to Wild Horse one time. I never Um, made it to Malibu, which was so sad, but I hear I can go with my family someday or a girls retreat. And so, which I am stoked about. So I'm hoping I can do one of those because Oh, you, you have to come. Changing. Yeah. You have to come. I went to Women's Weekend at Malibu this last September, and it was amazing. And that's what I hear. That's, yes. So you're on my list. I'm bringing a crew of people. So if Let's you are close and you're listening, you're coming to Malibu with me because I want to bring a whole party. It's going to be so much fun. September. Oh, is that the next one? That's It's every September. So oh, I see. Okay. Your little guy will still be small, so you may not want to leave him quite yet. But we'll see. <laughs> you can evaluate that when the time comes. Okay, awesome. So you have three, almost three. Almost three, yes. The next one's due mid-February, and it's my third boy. Woohoo! How are you feeling about three boys? Um, <laughs> I feel better now. Yes. Being honest, I was... I was questioning the Lord at first. <laughs> Let's just put it that God, way. What are you doing? <laughs> because honestly, I am not a boy mom, but I I'm gonna be a boy mom. Yeah, because now are. I'm gonna have three. Because um, I don't like dirt. I don't like <laughs> I don't like worms. Like I just get grossed up by that kind of stuff. But here I am, and they love me, and I love them, and I would never change it. And That's so awesome. having a third boy will not be different but more full (laughs) yes yes i love Um, it lots of noises and running um chasing i will not need a gym i don't think (laughs) you're (laughs) maybe perfect (laughs) i have my own gym at home (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's awesome yeah so i but i was a little sad i've always wanted a little girl and i don't know is this a desire in my heart that i have or maybe the lord put it there but John and I have talked about maybe this is a sign from the Lord that we will adopt a little girl. Yeah. Because we've always wanted to. I've always had a heart to open an orphanage, actually, with the photography business. But wow. But nothing has really opened in that aspect in our business or our life yet. And so... If we do, it would be amazing. But if we don't, I would still love to help um, a little one out there somewhere. Yeah. And it maybe it's a little girl that needs us. So yeah. we'll see. <laughs> I love how open you are, though, to what the Lord has and where that's going to take you. Well, it's so funny because we always get asked, well, where do you want to adopt from? I'm like, I really don't know. Yeah. But 
most likely will definitely look into Cambodia first. Mm -hmm. That's I'm Cambodian. My husband is white. We'll probably look there first and Mm -hmm. if nothing comes about because I know the orphanages there have been closed. They did open up, but I'm not sure how long they'll stay open. Okay. Because I think I hear there's a lot of corruption, but I don't know. Yeah. I have to do a little bit more research on that. There's a lot to figure out. Yeah. But God, <laughs> but God is in control. Yep. I love that part of that. Okay. Yes. So how did you meet your husband, John? Mm, okay. I want to so. hear this story. <laughs> oh, John. He's a special one. So I attended youth group at Clover um, Clover Creek Bible Fellowship out in Spanaway. Okay. And I attended a church. Their college church called New Song at the time. And I was greeting in our downtown space at the first congregational on sixth and it was you were the cute greeter (laughs) i guess (laughs) i wouldn't really say that back then i think i've matured and grown into a different person now but yes back then i'm you know how like we go through our awkward stages and there are awkward stages yes (laughs) yes but i was greeting and i've always heard about john and zach snyder these brothers Mm. that are new to our church and um at the time, we were seniors in high school. So this cute, very cute, curly-haired boy walks mm. up, and it happened to be John Snyder, the one that I've been hearing so much about. I definitely was attracted to him. And then later on, I find out he's a very, very nice boy on top of very good-looking <laughs> You're like, me. more points. <laughs> yes. And he loves the Lord and treated everyone with respect and he has a great integrity, and most of all, he treated me very well, even as a friend. And so he was very kind of girls, and I thought that was very, very genuine of him. And so, and I think it's just the way that his parents brought him up, too. And his brothers, his brother, Zach, was the same, but I was definitely attracted to, <laughs> to John. <laughs> yes, and then, so that was our first meeting, and then hmm. I kind of pushed it aside because I was going to PLU, very soon because we met in the summer and then we saw each other at freshman orientation time so he was going to the same school he was going to the same school i didn't even know wow and so we saw each other on campus and um we talked about going to orientation and we saw each other there and just started to hang out from then on (laughs) and we actually dated off and on for three years before we made it like a solid commitment Wow. Just we needed to mature in the Lord and we need to mature in ourselves and just as human beings mm-hmm. and, um, you know, finish school or whatnot and focus. And I was John's first girlfriend, too. Wow. So I don't know if he needed maturity and yeah. <laughs> in that aspect, but I know I needed some as well. So it was it was good time away. It hurt, you know, because yeah. just relationships hurt, but it was a good hurt. Like um, there was a longing and then there was also that, like, I don't think I can live without this person right, feeling. Right, Or I don't want to live I without this to. person. Yeah, definitely. I don't want to. I probably could, but I don't want to. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we met. And um, we got married the year before I graduated PLU. Okay. So yes. you were young. We were. We were both 21. Wow. <laughs> I mean, I can't really talk. I got married young as well. But <laughs> still, I'm like looking back on right. like, so young. So young. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Because if... If my kids got married that young, 
I think I'd be okay, but I would probably be like, yeah, you're young. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Okay. So what were those first few years of marriage like for you guys? Did you always want to have kids or what was that season like? Yes. So I do think we've, together, we've always wanted kids. I think for me, there was a time, I think, after we got married, I went through a really short season of being really fearful of bringing kids into this world just because I know that I couldn't protect them 100% of the time. Hmm. Where do you um, think that comes from? I think just from growing up <laughs> or just like just the stories you hear on the news. Like the yeah. news is just always tragedy. Yeah. Especially nowadays. Yes. Even more so than when growing up. Mm-hmm. But I think... I grew up with a lot of fear. Hmm. So I didn't, I loved kids and I loved babysitting them. And I have a heart for kids because I've always wanted to open up that orphanage. Right. But then how do I protect them? That's, I think that was like the, the biggest question I always had. Yeah. Um, or will I be a good parent? Yeah. Because um, I, although I love my parents to pieces and they did the best they could, um, there was a lot of moments that it just wasn't very fun. Yeah. To see to witness or just yeah it's okay yeah it's a, it's a lot <laughs> i i'm reading right now or listening i do a lot of audiobooks but dr dobson dr mm-hmm. james dobson he wrote the book bringing up girls oh. and super great he's also written bringing up boys if you haven't read that <laughs> one yet but i'll look into it <laughs> it's pretty amazing how all the research he's done and um everything he's learned over, you know, years and years and years talks about how as women and girls, like we're so affected, we all are by our childhood mm-hmm. and what that looked like. And our relationship with our parents really does shape and mold us and change yeah. us into who we become. Not that the Lord can't obviously um, mold us and redeem us and, mm-hmm. and change us in that way, but it really molds us and changes us in a way that nothing else does. Yeah. And so I think it's so important that, you know, we go back and look at those things and say like, okay, where does this come from? Mm -hmm. And what is the truth about me? Mm -hmm. And what does the Lord say about me? And that's hard to do, hard to do sometimes. Yeah, it is hard. But that's awesome that you're able to kind of walk through that and journey Mm -hmm. with that. Were you able to share some of those feelings with John in that season? Yeah, he... We definitely shared our our fears with each other regarding it just because it was so new Mm -hmm. to be pregnant and then have a kid and just not know any of it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Until they arrive. Yeah. And then you just kind of, I mean, you can always read up and you can ask questions like to your friends and to Mm -hmm. your folks about like, well, what happens if this happens or what do you do with this? But until you experience it yourself... Because every kid's different, every family's different, every woman's different. And so um, we'll take it piece by piece from people. But until you experience it yourself. Right. It's hard to know. You don't know what the outcome is. Yeah. <laughs> but so far, it's been really good. Yeah. That's <laughs> They're awesome. all alive still. They're all alive still. <laughs> they all look healthy. So we're good. <laughs> we're good there. Okay. So what was your kind of labor and birth experience like with okay. your oldest? Sure. So my first one... Um, I feel like I can be pretty easygoing most of the time. So whatever mm-hmm. my doctor recommended, I was like, okay, yeah, sure. <laughs> yeah. Because I did want to go in naturally, you know, have the baby vaginally. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a technical term, I guess. And um, But that did not happen with Owen. He, for some reason, his heartbeat 
his heart rate started to fluctuate Mm -hmm. um, in a bad way. And then it affected me. And so after they realized something was going on, they did, we did try to push it. They did try to do the, um, the different stuff to help them come out and it didn't work. They figured out that my umbilical cord was wrapped around his legs Mm. and his neck. Mm. So at that point, it was an emergency. Mm-hmm. And so I had to go to an emergency C-section. That is what happened with that. Yeah. How did <laughs> so I you... didn't really have a choice. It was yeah. something that the doctor chose to do, which is which I'm happy to because I just wanted him to come out safe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Again, that protection. Like you're like... Yeah. And I... Plus, I was under some meds. And so I was like, yeah, go ahead. Do whatever you Whatever you say. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Did that have any kind of effect on you after Owen was born? Did you have to process that experience in any way? I didn't. Personally, I think it it was just something the Lord really eased my spirit about. Mm-hmm. I didn't I was not upset. I was not mad. Yeah. I was not sad. I was totally okay and I yeah. knew that it could be a possibility. Right. Um because I've heard of C sections, but I don't know why they would happen. Again, since it was our first one and this was my first experience and I was just happy people knew knew what was happening and that they were able to help him because when they did pull him out, he was completely purple. Wow. Yeah. So um, if anything, I am so thankful that they made the decision right away right. rather than waiting for me when I was under some, yeah. some medical <laughs> stuff that I was like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Go ahead. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. What was your postpartum experience like with Owen? With Owen, I think I just remember being so tired. Yeah. And there was a lot of pressure in nursing. Yeah. And I think that was probably my least favorite, that there was a lot of pressure on not bottle feeding. And um, so I did feel a little bit of guilt, but I know that they, that that is the best if you can nurse, that's awesome. And if you can naturally produce your milk and give it to your baby, that's great because there's a lot of benefits to it. But I had to go back to work um, pretty quick after that and I mm. couldn't keep up with the supply. And so then I felt guilty about that. Yeah. But, but again, honestly, nursing wasn't my favorite anyways. And so I think it was okay in the end. <laughs> yeah. And we'd, um, we did have to give formula to Owen pretty early on and the outcome of him it's just fine. So I think I had to really put that behind me. Yeah. Feeling like I probably wasn't the best mom because I wasn't able to nurse longer than three months. But I at least I did it. Yeah. <laughs> at least I tried. And it's not that I gave up, but I just couldn't keep up the supply. Yeah. So. That's a tough thing. I think we... Yeah. Also in that book, it was crazy. It's just... <laughs> it's really on my mind right now. But, you know, Dr. Dobson was talking yeah. about how girls in our generation are growing up with more pressure Mm -hmm. and more anxiety and less confidence than they ever were before. And I think your birth experience plays into that. I think how you feed your baby plays into that. I think, you know, pressures of, you know, what other moms are doing and social media plays into all of that. Oh my goodness. The comparison is nuts. Yes. It just drives so much of that. And it's, it's I just it just kills and steals all of our joy all of the joy that's supposed to be there is just ripped away intentionally unintentionally and you do it to yourself and other people do it on accident because they don't know what's happening yeah you don't talk about it so that it that is the sad reality mm-hmm. um, that we do compare 
a lot and I think it destroys us as individuals and friendships and Mm -hmm. whatnot but hopefully we are brave enough to talk about it yeah (laughs) because then we can move on yeah and uplift each other yeah yeah amen that's good (laughs) okay so how old was Owen when you guys um, got pregnant with your second baby it's so funny because I feel like I have four babies because I had a miscarriage after Owen. You do have four babies. Yes. So I have one in heaven. <laughs> and I'm pretty sure she's a girl. <laughs> mm. But, and and I, I had my miscarriage um, a year after Owen. And we really did want to plan our kids closer in mm-hmm. age. But the Lord had other plans. Yeah. And, and it's okay. Um, at the time, it wasn't okay because it was right. really, really tragic it was there was a lot of stuff that happened growing up um that I could talk about that was painfully just just it just hurt but this hurt because I was an adult and it happened Mm. to me and there was nothing that I could do when if all the other stuff that happened when I was little maybe if I knew what I could do about it I would have changed it but I couldn't this one I could have but absolutely not like the baby just didn't survive right and so there was no heartbeat yeah so so with that I took a long time to heal physically emotionally I think I was okay but physically it took a long time and I was alone when it happened because everybody was asleep Mm. um and so I think that was probably that was probably really really hard for me just because like (laughs) I didn't want to wake up John Mm. and um Owen would cry here and there and I had to run to the bathroom quite often when that happened Mm. so it just felt lonely yeah yeah and I just can't even imagine like (laughs) I know and Owen was only one so he couldn't understand anything yeah um so I had to really push through and be strong and just really experience that with the Lord yeah knowing that he was there even though no one was awake Mm. yeah Gosh, that must have been so hard. It was. It was a crazy experience. I would never want anybody to experience, but it happens so much. It does. It does. Yeah. So. It happens really often. Yeah, which I didn't even know it, how frequent it happens until I shared my story. And and then all of these ladies came out and told me that they had one, two, or multiple, or five. And then I'm like, yeah. How are you even alive? How is your body still functioning? And right, but our bodies are miracles, and yeah. um, we're strong. <laughs> mm-hmm. So strong. So strong. We're so strong. <laughs> so strong. So eventually, I am assuming at some point, John was able to be with you and was yes. understanding as, yes. of what was happening. As soon as he woke up, I told him what happened, and yeah. actually, while we. Right, uh, before we, we all tried to go to sleep, um, I was already bleeding heavily because mm. I was sitting in the chair and I felt something happened and I said, <laughs> is my pants, Yeah. something, something happened in my pants I can't really see. And he said, yeah, there's a lot of blood. Aww. And so, and I was like, okay, this is happening because we went to the doctors and they told us I was going to miscarry. Okay. Yeah. So you were kind of prepared for that yeah. if you know. didn't know when it was going to happen but right. she said there's yeah. no heartbeat yeah. so and you will lose the baby mm. so wow yeah yeah and I think I've led for like a year <laughs> wow mm-hmm. that's that's what I meant in um healing wise like yeah. it took a long time for me to heal your body to just mm-hmm. kind of recover from that mm-hmm. wow yeah 
gosh, that season <laughs> must have been hard for you. Oh, and it was emotional. Like, and... It was because it was a constant reminder that like right something happened to my body, and I mm-hmm. it was I'm not sure if it was something I did or you know like yeah. you just kind of play the blaming game or try to figure out on your own like what really happened and I'll yeah, never I'll Lord never knows. know yeah I'll never know until I come face to face with him <laughs> mm-hmm. wow yeah what was there like a point where you felt like the Lord had healed some of that in you I personally felt like I was okay to move on when the Lord said there was something wrong with the baby and I saved her hmm. and I fiz- I I heard him say it wow so and at that point, I was okay. Yeah. That's amazing. Yeah. So for me, it was good. And very similar with John, actually. I mm. heard the Lord say, this is your husband. Mm. <laughs> like it was an audible voice. Yeah. So wow. same thing. Like it was like, same thing with the baby. He he, yeah. he knew I was struggling and he, he needed me to hear him. Right. And so he said, this is why. Wow. So I saved your baby. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. So. I love how the Lord just knows exactly what we need mm-hmm. in those yeah. moments. And then, I mean, I still have questions, but I don't question it anymore. Like, right. why did we lose the baby? Wow. Yeah. <laughs> how far, I mean, how long after that did you get pregnant with your second son? So Hudson came two and a half to three years after. It took okay. a long time to get pregnant. Yeah. There were moments where, like, you know, you're eager to try, and mm-hmm. but it gets so tiring. And yeah. then you just never got pregnant yeah and I had been off birth control for a long time because it made me so sick mm-hmm. yeah so I didn't I wasn't even on birth control since so let's see Owen came four years after we got married okay I had been off birth control for two years already okay and so I was like oh maybe it's just my body something's wrong with my body but yeah. it just wasn't time yet yeah so two and a half years later Hudson came along and um, it was good timing because yeah. Owen was, re- it's really helpful. <laughs> yes. I can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Especially now with him being six. Oh and... my goodness. Yes. Yeah. They're so excited. That's so, awesome. Mm-hmm. That's so cool. Okay. So what, um, what was your birth like with Hudson? Hudson was a plant C-section. <laughs> I was yeah. too scared to do it vaginally. <laughs> I mean, I can uh, imagine yeah. that was a lot of trauma for you. It was. And I mean, my recovery was great. So, mm-hmm. and I think that helped me decide if I want to do the VBAC or not Mm -hmm. and I've heard of doing it the you know natural way and and whatnot like it it sounds great but again my recovery was so great I wasn't scared to do another c-section yeah yeah so we planned it and then I went in and someone had to needed an emergency c-section so I had to wait (laughs) You're like, I'll just be here <laughs> chilling. Yeah, I was all ready to go. And then they're like, we have to wait an hour and a half. And I was like, oh, okay. Yeah. So I'll meet Hudson later. <laughs> yeah. Hang in there, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. And he was fine. I think he was so cozy in there. He would have even stayed until the due date. Yeah. So, because I think we did it a week before my due date. Okay. With him. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Okay. So at what point did you guys decide you wanted to go for baby number three? We went back and forth so much on, like, should we stop now? Yeah. Because we always thought about adopting, Mm -hmm. like I mentioned before. And so um, I think we were too nervous to have John do anything. Right. Like, permanent. permanent. And then 
I was going to do a C-section. And so we were like, well, we could do it now since I'll already be cut open, (laughs) you know. And then um, and then I think it was like a week before we were like, no, let's not do it. Mm. Let's let's just put it off. Um, We'll talk about it later. Um, And I think we both felt the same thing. Like we just wasn't ready for that to be permanent. Mm -hmm. And so later on, we had talked about it back and forth, back and forth again should we try for a girl should we try for a girl mm-hmm. you're howling on for that girl <laughs> i know we both we both want a girl um and so and i'm glad because it's then it's just not me i'm I'm not being selfish about wanting a right. little girl so at that point we were like okay let's just try and this time around i had been so sick compared to my pregnancy with owen and hudson i was sick but I was able to move on. I was mm-hmm. able to eat a pickle and be fine. <laughs> I was I was just fine. But this one, um, the first trimester, I was so sick. I didn't think I was gonna make it. Wow. I actually needed some 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 meds to help. That didn't help. Aww. I was so sick at night that I it would kept kept me up. Um, I was nauseous twenty four seven. Oh wow. It was really hard. I always had to drive. John couldn't drive anymore because <laughs> I needed to like, be driving. Like, you're out. Yeah, you're exactly. out, honey. Get out of my car. <laughs> yeah, and so it was just such a different type of morning sickness that mm-hmm. I've experienced that I really thought this was a girl. And that's why I felt so much sorrow because I was holding on to that desire so badly. I feel I still feel bad about feeling this way, but... The only thing I can explain how I felt when we heard that it w- we were having another boy is that I felt like I had a miscarriage mm. again because I had yeah. to let go of the baby. And this one let go of the gender. Yeah. But, but for some reason when that appointment happened about with the ultrasound, the anatomy one, yeah. it just brought me back to the day that I heard I was losing the baby. Like mm. the emotions were the same. It was wow. really bizarre. And so I had to go through a grief yeah. period. I think that's the best way to say it is like yeah. there was a grieving. Yeah. Oh, it did, totally. It did take me a whole weekend to get over it. And my oldest, um, who had been praying a lot for a little girl, for a mm. sister as well, because he too wanted a, to add a girl into our family. He came to the anatomy ultrasound and he was crushed. Oh, I know. We had to do a teaching moment with him about how sometimes the Lord... <laughs> doesn't answer our prayers in the way we want (laughs) but it was that was heartbreaking to see him yeah yeah his demeanor changed and he was super excited and then he was just silent after and for him to do that at six years old it was just so crazy yeah to watch him just go through his emotions like that because he did not want to talk to us (laughs) oh but yeah but he got over it by that night. It took me like, the whole weekend. So seeing him turn around and be excited about having another brother was was very encouraging for me. Yeah. That I knew if he can make it, I could make it too. <laughs> you sure and can. And me, the adult who can, yeah, I can make it, I think. <laughs> I think it'll be okay. I'm the mom, right? Right. Who's yeah. the mom? <laughs> but that is so hard. You yeah. have, you know. Think you're grieving the loss of a dream and an mm-hmm, expectation, and mm-hmm. you know what you thought was going to be. Yeah. So I think that's real, and I think it's so great of you that you're able to <laughs> even acknowledge that and express <laughs> that, and just tell the Lord that, because yeah. He wants to know those things too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, He does. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Very cool. That's where we're at. (laughs) That's where we're at. Okay, so you're planning a third C-section. Yes. Baby number three. Yes, and my doctor did say I could try because I asked her. Yeah. I was just like, would she say no? And she didn't say no. She said I could try if I wanted Mm -hmm. to, but I think we decided we'll just do a C-section and we'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah. How are you feeling about um, adding just a third baby to your family? Sometimes we think we're crazy. Yeah. (laughs) But there's, I have a ton of friends that have more than three babies and they are doing just fine. Mm -hmm. There, I mean, there are moments where I'm sure it's wild and exhausting, but that comes with the territory of having kids. Yeah. Yeah. I think in general, I don't have as much fear as I did with like Owen Mm -hmm. having that first one. That fear has decreased a lot, but... Again, there's so much stuff going on in the world. There's, n- I can't stop it. Yeah. So I'll do the best I can. Hudson and Owen are doing just fine. Yeah. <laughs> You're a great They're alive mama. and well. <laughs> That's right. Okay. So you and John are a multicultural family. What's yes. one of your favorite parts about, you know, having different cultures in your family? Mm. So my mom does not speak English still. Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> She's been in the States as long as I have. And we came over here when I was three. Oh, and wow. And I am 32 now. Um, she's tried to take the citizen test multiple times and has failed and she just can't do it. Poor thing. But she's been in the U S so long that she's been able to become a citizen. And so I think the best part is taking my kids over to my mom's house and she speaks a different language Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, because my kids eyes just go wild (laughs) or they smile and they think it's really funny, but they try not to laugh out loud because we've tried to (laughs) tell them that's kind of (laughs) rude or, you know, try not to to laugh when I speak to grandma. (laughs) Yes. Um, But it's great because although they can't talk to my mom, they love my mom. Yeah. Yeah. And they can tell my mom loves them. And so, and I think also too, like the food is so different. Yes. yes. <laughs> I can imagine Cambodian food. Yes. It's so different from American food. So very different. And my kids love fries. They love pizza. Mm-hmm. Um, and so for them to have, you know, stir fry or noodles all the time, like it's just very different for them. So there's a lot of cultural things that I haven't introduced to them yet because they just wouldn't understand. The biggest thing was probably the language barrier. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah. So John wants me to try to teach him, but it's not that easy. <laughs> so do you speak Cambodian to I your am, parents? I am fluent in okay. Cambodian as well. So do you talk to the boys in Cambodian? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> I've taught John a few words here mm-hmm. and there. And then I think Owen and Hudson, they, they just don't get it. Yeah. Yeah. But I grew up speaking it. And then English was my second language. Okay. And so... So it's kind of funny for it to be vice versa for them. Like, right. if we ever did teach them, Cambodian would be their second language. Right. So it would be interesting. There are times when Owen hears another language that sounds similar to what I say or speak with my parents or my mom because my dad passed. And he's like, hey, that sounds like grandma. Well, yay, which <laughs> means grandma in Cambodian. Mm-hmm. And he goes, that sounds like yay. Or when you talk to your mama. <laughs> That's cute. Yeah. So it's it's neat that he is picking up on it. Hudson doesn't really get it yet. But Owen definitely gets it <laughs> that my mom's Asian. <laughs> yes. That's awesome. How do you kind of in your family incorporate both sides of your heritage? Mm. I think I'm still figuring it out, to be honest, because I feel like I grew up so Americanized Mm -hmm. where my older siblings, 
they are ingrained a little bit more with the cultural of that side of my family. So I am not the best at it. I think I'm still trying to figure out how to do it because I respect, I want to respect my family. I want to respect my mom and what she's come through and what she's done and what she had to do to get us over here for safety. But I just don't know how to do that, especially with my faith Mm -hmm. because she is Buddhist and I'm Christian. (laughs) And so those are very, very different at least in my eyes, they're very different. Yeah. And so I'm not really sure how to make it work out in our family yet. Mm-hmm. But as long as my kids know my mom, I think my mom will understand that I'm trying. Yeah. Yeah. And that she knows that I love her in that way. Because I definitely don't want her to think just because I'm a believer and she's not that I don't like her. Right. Or her culture. Or what she's done mm. for me. Yeah. Yeah. So That's a lot that you're navigating. Oh, yeah. Always. <laughs> Always. There's so many mm-hmm. layers to who we are and yes. what our yeah. families look like. And, and that, that one's a deep one. I am still I still don't really know what to do with it. Yet. Yeah. yeah. And it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and it's okay. I think the Lord's going to reveal that to you mm-hmm. over the years and as seasons change and yeah. as you change and as your marriage mm-hmm. looks different and your kids mm-hmm. change too. I think the Lord will just be faithful to guide you in that. Yeah. I know he will. I sure hope so because I haven't a clue what to do. (laughs) Yeah, that's okay. I think we're all just figuring it out as we go on. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah. Okay, much. what do you feel like is maybe one of the most challenging seasons of your life or the hardest trial that you've been through? How has that shaped who you've become today? When I was younger and... Mm. So, okay, so when I was younger, I was sexually abused. And if my mom or my any of my family hear this, this is the first time they're hearing it. Wow. So I think that has probably been the hardest trial to get over because that's affected me mm-hmm. as a person. It's affected m- me just being in school, um, how I view myself. Yeah. And then it did it play, it played a role in my marriage as well. I think it brought a lot of shame. Yeah. Oh, a, yeah. A lot of shame and just a lot of questions. And then just, a, again, that comparison was huge. And I was afraid. And I just felt like uh, just very ugly. Like that shame mm. brought a lot of ugliness in my heart that I just saw myself just not good enough as the, the girl next to me, even if she wealthy or whatever like Mm -hmm. in every way I was way less than 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 the normal girl if there was a normal out there um and so I just always thought of myself really unworthy and so that has always been a hurdle in my life and now even so with like photography stuff like just sometimes it creeps back in just that that unworthiness but um I think that's the biggest hurdle that I've had to overcome in my life because it's played in everything in my life growing up. Intimacy has been, you know, it was really great. And then it, and then it creeped in like just that Mm. shame and ugliness came back and I just wasn't really into it anymore. And it was really hard because it was hard for John and it was hard for me because I just didn't, I just didn't want to go there. And I think also too, with my family, like with my mom and dad, 
that they didn't know that it happened. And so that protection just was ripped away. Yeah. You probably felt so exposed. Yes. And so, and I never could ever talk about it with any of my families because I don't think they would have believed me or, Mm -hmm. and so, so yes, I would have to say that. And then the miscarriage, of course, but, um, but that, that one stings. Yeah. I think that one has to be the, the biggest one. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Totally understandably. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like the Lord's kind of revealed himself to you through that Oh, he experience? is so wonderful. <laughs> He's He has physically shown me so much beauty that mm-hmm. he sees in me. Mm-hmm. And like in the most weird way <laughs> for me, because I would never want that attention. So one example is my wedding photographer had put an image of me from our wedding on a stock um, oh. website. Stephen Curtis Chapman bought the picture for his book. Wow. So I'm in his book. So that's one thing. I've yeah. always I've always loved Cinderella. Mm. I've always wanted to be a princess. I've always wanted to um, dress up and whatnot. But I never got to do any of that stuff because yeah. we just didn't grow up like that. And so... That was something the Lord gave me, yeah. and only me. But and no one else would know that story if unless I sh- I'm sharing it now, of course. Mm. But um, but He just told me that He saw me as a princess, mm. and so I think that is a, a huge thing that I would want all women to know that the Lord sees them that way, and that they're highly favored. And it doesn't matter what happened to you, but you're highly favored. And so um, there's nothing that you can do to earn it. Mm. And he still sees you as a princess and that you're worthy. Yeah. Yeah. So that's just one example of what the Lord showed me personally in my life. That I belong to him because I do see the Lord as like, you know, a king. He's a father, and um, he's a protector, and so, like, just in that aspect, that that's how he values me, and no one else has to understand that, but that means a lot to me. Yeah, so, it was really neat, and I think his, Stephen Kershapman's book is that song that he wrote for his little girl. I think she's the one that passed away, but it's the Cinderella song <laughs> out of all the songs it was that book particularly in that song that he put my picture in wow <laughs> i love that so that is a gift from the lord it so to is. me <laughs> yeah. it so is oh much i just love and that I, I know and my my photographer who is a friend now she texted me about it and I just not, I didn't believe her. Mm. <laughs> I just didn't believe her because that's just not how I saw myself at all. And so, yeah. <laughs> and I think too, the Lord's used John kind of as my knight in shining armor because he's always thought that about me and I never you know, would ever think someone like him would want to marry me. But he sees something completely different than what I see. And so, yeah. 
That's a beautiful story. <laughs> I think the Lord's just so good and so faithful yeah. to just write a new story. Yeah. And speak new life over mm-hmm. you and in exactly those places where you needed it most. Yeah. You know, you needed to know that you are worthy mm-hmm. and beautiful and a child of the king and deserving of all of the love and all of the goodness in your life and I mean I just am sitting here just so amazed at the goodness of the Lord and how he's able to speak into those places of our heart like no one else can mm-hmm. exactly <laughs> that's so amazing thank yeah. you for sharing that yeah. it's a beautiful story And my hope for our photography business, especially when I come across women who struggle being in photographs with their family or whatever, just being photographed in general, I hope that I can bring that to them, that they Mm. are beautiful and they don't need to look like this or that to be beautiful, but just the way that they are when I photograph them, they they truly are beautiful. They are. Yeah. I love that. (laughs) What a testimony you are. That's pretty incredible. And I think it's it's so amazing too when the Lord has clearly just given you a gift and a talent and you're able to use that to bring him honor and yes. glory. And I think that pleases the heart of the Father so much. I sure hope so. <laughs> I think it really does. I really just believe that. That's awesome. What do you feel like the Lord's teaching you in this season of your life? I think he's teaching me to, it's so funny, um, to be content in the little things. Because mm-hmm. there's so much that we dream for Yeah. with our family, our business, or individuals, our spiritual life. Um, but just, just to be content with the small things. Because yeah. I think we want bigger things mm-hmm. or we want to be rich or whatnot. But those things they don't matter yeah they don't I think he's teaching me through my kids because I think our kids all they want is our attention mm-hmm. and that has nothing to do with money yeah it has nothing to do with photography that has nothing to do with John's job or or how much we attend church like it's right. just there's nothing that we can do they just want us to be with them yeah um and I think he's he's also teaching me time is really valuable mm-hmm. and I feel like that's like every year but it's like a different type of teaching of it every year right so I just I feel like I understand it more with with having more kids that they do grow up really fast and you can't get that time back yeah yeah oh man <laughs> <laughs> so true yeah you can't get it back you just and it's, don't and you're like oh my goodness I just wasted that time <laughs> Mm-hmm. you know doing whatever yesterday or whatnot but right I know I think when when my kids were little especially a lot of it was really blurry yeah um, yes <laughs> I just really? didn't sleep a whole lot so yeah. it was really blurry and now that they they sleep really well like throughout the night they're four and two and I'm like I'm in the season where I'm just like oh can we just press pause like can we just pause this season for a bit because it's just so sweet and it's so rich and I'm just like oh can we just hold on a little bit longer to this like this season and I and I know that was only going to continue to to feel like that yeah it was so funny because um we had so much time with Owen there was so many things we did with him that like we feel like we're missing out 
with Hudson. And so whenever we get one-on-one -on -one time with Hudson, like we cherish that so much. Not that we don't love Owen the same or sure, more sure. or whatnot, but it's just so different to have that one-on-one -on -one time. And we so loved our time with Owen. Those first two and a half years, almost three years with him before Hudson came, like they were sweet moments yeah. that we'll always remember. And right now, Hudson, <laughs> he has so much, so much personality that that we want to relish in this this season right now because he's so he has such a he has such an amazing amazing personality that we just we just want to be with him. Mm -hmm. And so, and then this one too. The next one will come, yeah. and I'm sure we'll feel this way probably with about Hudson, and then. We don't have a name for this baby yet. <laughs> baby boy. <laughs> this baby number three. Yeah, and so all that, again, time, th there's just there's just not enough time, it feels like sometimes. But yeah. if we make time for it, we will. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. Yeah. What is one thing as a mom that you just couldn't ever live without? Maybe a book or a device or app or what's oh your favorite I'm... mom thing? So now that I don't have a lot of time to myself – Time to myself is awesome. Yes. Even though sometimes I feel guilty about it. But I do enjoy a good cup of coffee by myself. <laughs> um, I love I love magazines because they're full of beautiful pictures. Yeah. <laughs> and I, enjoy, I, I literally will look through a magazine a hundred times and just look at the pictures before I mm. read an article. What's your favorite magazine? I used to really love... Um, beauty magazines but then I got over it. I think it was like a teenage thing <laughs> yeah but now I really love home magazines mm -hmm. like just because like I love making our home peaceful yeah and so I like to get inspired by that oddly enough I still really love being on Pinterest too <laughs> oddly enough that's so funny to say that <laughs> yeah I just love looking at photographs. Yeah. And I think that's why I love Instagram so much. Mm. And it's such a hard struggle because, like, you know, you compare yourself about how many likes you get and things or whatever. Sure. Like, you fall into that weird trap. And then try to get out of it because it's so silly. <laughs> I think just finding time to myself is good. I'm trying to figure out how to balance it all out and getting time in with the Lord. Yeah. But, again... I'm not perfect, so yeah. it doesn't always happen. No. I desire that. Yeah. For sure. That's so, so yeah, great. So coffee, magazine, photographs. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Those make you an awesome mama. I love it. So cool. Okay. So Christmas is coming up. Yes. Um, We're almost, I think we can say we're officially like in Christmas season. Oh, totally. Thanksgiving is past. Yes, it has. <laughs> Fair enough. And we're approaching Christmas season. What is your favorite tradition or thing you look forward to the most during the season with your family? Okay, so with my personal family, my little family, which means John, Owen, Hudson, and myself, me watching them open presents. Yeah. I think it's the best because my personal family, we did not grow up doing Christmas at all. Oh, wow. I think we did it one time. And it was because my sister, I think she got tired of not having any presents and not having a Christmas tree and things like that. She saved up money from her McDonald's work wow. and got us all gifts. And Aww, um, that was, a sweetheart. that was, that was a crazy time just because I know she, it wasn't a lot of money. I think I'm still learning the traditions. Yeah. Like I like 
watching what my husband's family does mm-hmm. because they did it. <laughs> yeah. So they did all the baking and all of that. They have traditions. And so I think I've brought in some of those traditions too. But just having them wanting to wake up early. <laughs> and they already do wake up early. But <laughs> I know they're super excited about finding presents under the tree. And we just never did that. So for me to experience it through their eyes. It's so special. Is, is what I I enjoy most. Even though it's not about the presents. Right. I know it's not about the presents. But watching their faces is priceless. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So good. Yeah. And I they're, love that. And they're at such an age, like, well, Owen's a little older, so he's like, oh, there's no more presents. <laughs> but Hudson, he's like, he doesn't, he just, right. he just loves it all. So he yeah. doesn't care how many presents he gets. He's just, right. And he might just be interested in what Owen got. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, that looks good. Right. <laughs> That's awesome. Cool. Well, much. Thank you so much for coming and chatting with me. This has been so fun to hear your heart and your story and what Mm -hmm. the Lord's been doing in your life. It's, it's a powerful story and I'm so excited. I got to sit and listen today. So thank you so much. You're welcome. (laughs) I'm so thankful for much's vulnerability and sharing her story with us. I loved hearing how the Lord spoke so specifically into those hurting places of her heart and gave her everything she needed. Our Creator God, the King of Kings, sees us all as His royalty. In His eyes, we are all worthy, all deserving of unconditional love. Much is doing such an amazing job using her talents to point others to Jesus, and I'm so glad I could introduce her to you guys today. Go find her on Instagram and Facebook. I'll link to her handles in the show notes and get to know her, you guys. Be on the lookout for that baby spam. It's coming for you in February. I can't wait to hear about her next little one making his big appearance soon in a few months. You all are amazing. Thank you for listening. If you haven't had a chance yet to write me a review for the show, would you mind doing that right now? Just scroll on down in your podcast app, hit those stars, and write me a short little review. That would be so awesome. It means a whole bunch for the show and allowing moms to find us. It's a big deal. Thank you, guys. Thank you, thank you, thank you. For those pregnant mamas listening, I've created a really fun free resource for you. Head on over to my website, elisemarsh.com, and sign up for my free six-day email course. There's tons of awesome stuff in there for you. So head on over there right now. Tell your friends. I would love nothing more than to get to know you guys. Send me a message, shoot me an email, or fill out my contact page on my website. I'd love to be a resource for you however I can. Keep doing what you're doing, mamas. You're killing it. And I'll see you next week.